Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Radio. Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where Wednesday is mug day with $7 cousin cocktails. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, CMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Number two, Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Bottom of the hour, we'll head to Chicago, catch up with the Cap Man. Look forward to talking with David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa, sponsors Capper. Let's get our buddy Matt Rudy in here, Golf Digest. He joins us to help us with the Masters. Trent was just telling me off air, Matt Rudy, that you're not going to Augusta this year. You are uh, staying home. You're going to pack up and head to the 150th Open Championship over at St. Andrews in the middle of July. Boy, oh boy, uh, I'm envious of that trip. That that would be special. Yeah, it's, it's a good one. Uh, those trips are a lot more rare than the than the Masters. I think I, I went to 16 or 17 Masters, and I had uh, Achilles surgery in November, and the Masters was going to be a tough walk. I'm I'm, I'm doing some writing from home on this one this week. (laughs) Yeah, imagine what the other guy that's going to have a tough walk is going to do. Just grateful he's going to be there, right? We'll talk more about your uh, open uh, trip coming up because that that is that's a bucket list. Just be just the history around those courses, right? Some of the buildings and some of the guys that have walked uh, that uh, real estate in the past. So let's get let's start with Tiger. We wanted to have you on last week, uh, you know, to speculate whether he was or whether he wouldn't, and we know that he is at least is going to try i loved his answer yesterday was two words when he was asked do you really think you can win this tournament i do um does that sound like a a um, a tiger woods that maybe his his um his his heart or his will is getting a little bit ahead of his head well i think he's always said that if he if he is going to show up and play it's going to be because he thinks he has a chance to win and and we have recent history to to show that even when Tiger's not peak Tiger Woods, he can still win the Masters. So I guess the, the calculus is how close is he to the guy that won the Masters in 2019? Um, I mean, there's a lot of variables, obviously, that go into that. I don't know how the leg is. and But uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's certainly self-belief. And, but I, you know, and I mean this in the nicest way. It's a, it's, it's a, a piece of it is self-delusion, which I think you need to have. You yeah. will be the only one who could, who could believe that you can do it. I mean, that's why he's great is because he believes things about himself that don't even seem to be rational and he can back it up. So um, I'm, I'm fascinated to watch it and, and I'm fascinated to, to see what the, the difference is when he goes and plays on Thursday for real in, in comparison to what the players that he played with in these practice rounds saw, you know, when it, when it doesn't count. I mean, there there was, you know, he, he's gotten some pretty rave reviews for what he's been able to do and mm-hmm. from a lot of players who were out there with him. 
and uh, the, the shots are there. It's you know, can he can he hit the shots over four days and, and walk those hills? That's, that's going to be interesting to see. So, do you think there's a chance that uh, you know Friday tomorrow he's okay, Friday's good, but Saturday uh, starts to run out of gas a little bit? Is that what you're anticipating? Maybe assuming he makes the cut, um, do do you think as the tournament goes on that if we get to Sunday, this guy's going to be on uh, running on fumes? Oh, I think that's certainly possible, and and. The, the walk at Augusta National is completely different than the walk at St Andrews, for sure. I mean, the, the, it's a it's a grueling walk, and you know, the the maintenance that you have to do, the balls you have to hit, you know, just to be able to stay sharp enough to play for four rounds. You know, there's a, there's a lot of calculus that goes into that. So, you know, could he run out of gas? Sure, but this is also a guy who won the U.S. Open on a broken leg. That's so, <laughs> true. I mean, you can. I mean, you can you know, that, that that you know the, when you have will that can uh, that can overcome a lot of things. He's also a guy in his you know mid forties now. Yep. So, I mean, that's, speaking as a mid forties person who just had or late forties person who just had Achilles surgery, that, you know it doesn't it doesn't come back as quick as you as it did when you were in your twenties. So all those things make for a, a fascinating watch. And, and we haven't even gotten to the part where you know just the normal golf part, which is there are there are other players in the field. You know, there's other players that are playing well and other players have hit it far. So he's got to not only contend with himself, but deal with, uh, you know, the rest of the people that are, at the, you know, are, are intending to take the green jacket from themselves. There's, uh, of course, I want to go back with you, Matt, up to, what, 14 months ago when he had the car accident. Talk of him very close to losing his leg, and, and here he was. At that time, and, and as the rehab started and he got going, I remember hearing those conversations that, come on, com- competitive golf is never going to go. Take us up uh, in between the ropes there, as you obviously know it a lot deeper than I do, and, and the conversations that were being had at the time about Tiger, not just about competitive golf, maybe even being able to golf again with his kids. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, it, it, it was touch and go with all the pins to his leg, um, and if, you know, if you don't get the nerve regrowth, if you don't, you know, if you don't have some things go right, during that surgery, you know, they're having conversations where they're making decisions about just trying to get it so he can be upright, you know, walking around mm-hmm. to play with his kids. And those are all real things. And, you know, n- number one, Tiger is not afraid to work. And he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's put in the time in the gym and, you know, done all the things that you need to do to, to get that to, to come back. And he has unlimited resources and expertise. You know, he's got all these people around him that are helping him. You know, this has really been not just a full-time job, but two full-time jobs for 14 months you know, to get his body to where he could try to do this. And as we talked about last week, he knows the window is shrinking. He doesn't have unlimited time to kind of glide into this comeback. I think it was, you know, commit to a year of you know working as hard as you can possibly do it and to focus on a realistic limited schedule that lets you play, you know, five times in a year like Ben Hogan did and, and you know, and, and try to, squeeze this last bit of competitive golf out and the first step is a success so now we're going to watch the second step on thursday when he when he tees it up indeed we are <laughs> we won't be alone the television numbers i think it'll be fascinating to watch as his round unfolds and then uh, into friday as well well let's move on let's talk about a couple of other guys uh that uh, have an opportunity to win or maybe you'll throw cold water and have an opportunity to win and uh, tell us why they can how about a guy like a brooks kepka who by all accounts has not been healthy the last while that he's been uh, at Augusta. He certainly has the game. Um, he went on a roll there that he was the best player in the game. What about Kepka uh, and his outlook for this weekend? Well, I, I spent a lot of time with him for a cover story late in the year last year. 
And two things stuck out for me with him. And the first one was your Tiger in his press conference in 2019 when he was talking about, you know, after winning the, the jacket, the only player he said that he looked for on the leaderboard was Brooks Kepka mm-hmm. because that was a player he was, he knew wasn't going to back up. You know, he'd have to, you have to, you know, Tiger would have to take it from him. And that's high praise from Tiger who, ne- who really goes out of his way to not compliment anybody that he's playing against. And then the second part is that you know, Brooke, the way Brooks Kepka operates, these tournaments are easier for him to win than regular tournaments are because he doesn't get pushed out of his comfort level like a lot of other players do. He's able to kind of just zone out and be quiet and, and, and stay closer to his normal game. That's an amazing feature to have when so much about major championship week is designed to push you out of that comfort level. So if you know if you, if you can prognosticate somebody's attitude, that's that's a guy I would definitely pick. Then the you know the wild card is obviously you know, are things like health and things like current form. I think he's as healthy as he's been in a couple of years, and we just have to see that form kind of respond. He loves this golf course. He loves the way it looks. He loves the the precision that it requires. He loves the flighting in the ball that it requires. So. I mean, at the odds, especially because when twenty to one, field, the odds, for, the odds for everybody else get worse <laughs> just because Tiger's right. around. I mean, you, you can't beat that value. I think. And he's got the stupid blonde hair. It was 1998. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got the bleach blonde hair, and oh, what a ridiculous look! It, what was the story behind that anyway, Matt? <laughs> I think he uh, he does things like that because he knows it's going to irritate people <laughs> in. Uh, <laughs> In a, in a different demographic, so if it irritated yeah. you, it wasn't designed. It wasn't designed for you anyway. <laughs> okay, good, good. Matt Rudy joining us from Golf Digest. Matt, a youngster that I am very intrigued by, and I'm uh, firing at him a lot of different ways in the betting market. That's Sam Burns. I know young guys at this tournament, guys without a whole lot of experience. It's usually not a great place to be when you're trying to find a winner. I've seen a lot of buzz about him too. Why are people liking this little bit longer shot in Sam Burns? I think he's got the the pedigree, much like Scotty Scheffler does. Mm-hmm. You know, players that have who were formed in junior golf and in college golf with all the requisite skills you need to see for players to win PGA Tour events. Patrick Cantley is another guy in that same kind of category. And you know, the 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 Sam Sam Burns is is a, is is a lot like Patrick Cantley in that they're ball strikers and they're just they're sort of cool, efficient. Players and, and they don't play with a lot of hoopla. They don't play with a lot of passion, or you know, and to be honest, with a lot of charisma. You know, they, they go out and do their jobs. And you know, I, what and we've talked about this on this show lots of times. What makes golf really fun when Tiger is coming around is that you have all these different characters who approach it different ways. You know, you have different levels of fire and different levels of charisma, and the, you know, the players playing it different ways. And and I think. Uh, the only challenge I see is you know, Sam Burns and, and Patrick Cantley, I'm going to put him in the same category. Those guys could well be the future of tour golf, but they're just not as much color and charisma and interest, you know, and in, in how they, you know, they don't play with a lot of outward emotion. And, and the challenge for the sport is if, it, if the top level is made up of a lot of players like that, it gets to be pretty monotonous. I like to see John Rahm get angry after missing a shot. I like to see, I like to see you know variety amongst the players at the top. So I mean, you're not you're not going to get me to to say he's a bad pick, but I, but I hope somebody more interesting wins. Uh, maybe like a, Ma- a Rory McIlroy, who's yet to win the uh, Masters. Got all the other ones. Got a couple. What? Yeah, two of something. 
Um, I'm not maybe a PGA. Um, I don't know, but uh, you know he's got four majors. Uh, but one of them is not the Masters. Um, what about Rory McIlroy? Can he is might this be his week? It's so interesting too because the way he plays, it's custom made for Augusta National. You, you'd think that'd be the one he'd win first, but you know the guy that drives the ball as well as he does. I think the main difference in in what he's talking about, and this, you know, this is a lot like listening to baseball players in spring training talk about how they change their they're, you know, they they worked out more, or they ate different foods, or whatever. You know, there, there's always a story, right, coming into the coming yep. into the season. But but Rory Rory talked about playing with Dustin Johnson during the that COVID Masters that they played in the fall, and they played the first two rounds together, and it was astonishing to him that that Dustin was so far ahead in playing golf that that Rory would not characterize as particularly sexy or exciting or even that dominant. Uh, DJ just made all the right decisions. He didn't hit the ball where you can't hit it, and he hit it in the spots where you can make birdie, easy birdie or eagle on the par fives, and all of a sudden he's 11 under after two rounds. And I think the light bulb went on for Rory when he saw that, where it's like you, you don't have to go there and, and tear the place apart, especially if you can hit it as far as Rory can. You just have to get yourself in position to not make a bunch of bogeys or doubles, you know, the, you know, the dumb shots that, that, that can take you out of it. And, and I think that gives some freedom uh, where he doesn't feel like he has to play perfectly to be, to be around on the weekend. And, and if he can take that and, and not shoot himself out of it in the first round, which has tended to be his thing, you know, where he's, you know, he's scrambling just to make the cut and then and come roaring back for a backdoor top 10 on Sunday. You know, I, I think he just needs to, 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 to play position golf and use the, the features that he has. He's an, he's a dominant driver of the ball. Just use that. And, and put yourself in position to make some easy birdies and see what happens. Love the course. Love, of course, that we get to see the same course for this tournament every single year. You get to know it, but there are some tweaks this year. 11 opened up a little bit more on the right side. 15 also moved back. How different is the course going to look, and, and how different, especially 11, it sounds like, going to play a little bit differently. I heard Rory say that the other day. <laughs> well, the hilarious thing is it's not going to look any different. They, they do everything they can <laughs> to make it seem like it was always that way. <laughs> to the extent that they when they moved the tee box on the first hole, they picked everything up around it and, and moved that too. So it Jeez. didn't look like the, the first hole got any longer. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to deceive you into thinking that this is the same golf course. And, and you know, I, I can appreciate that because it, it's an iconic look, but I, I think what Augusta national is great at is providing you options and making you take risks that you might not want to take. And I think 11 is a perfect example of that. That's an extremely difficult driving hole and by giving players a little bailout down the right side i think that's a deceptive trick because if you do bail out over there it's a it's a astonishingly difficult shot and, and, and i think you can avoid hitting in the water but you can it's going to be really hard to make a par so i think they're they're trying to make long hitters make different decisions off the tee and uh, get pushed into shots that make them uncomfortable and I think the the players that I've talked to over the last couple of years, they admire what Augusta National has done because it's not just been, you know, stretch the yardage out as much as you can stretch it. It's make the golf course, you know, more substantial in, in terms of yardage, but also give options in the way it's set up and give options to players where you you put pressure on them to make, you know, bad decisions as opposed to just making bad swings. When you can add those two things in, it really does test the complete game more so than maybe a U.S. Open where it's just narrow, you know, hitting hitting straight shots. This is hitting shots in 
and it forces you to try to make birdies because you know you're going to need to make birdies to win the tournament. And that's what makes the back nine so exciting. No, no doubt about it. Well, you used to be all over John Rahm before it was in vogue to pick John Rahm to win this tournament or any tournament for that matter when we would talk to you. Uh, he's, the, he's the betting favorite. He's what, like 10 to 1, I think, Trent, yeah. about 10 to 1. Uh, deserves to be the favorite. How's his game coming into this weekend? He's been pretty quiet this year. You know, he hasn't had, um, I think he's played relatively well. He just hasn't finished. I, 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 Talked to him at the match play. I was in Austin doing another story, and and he was he was frustrated because somebody asked him about his putting stats and how they weren't very good. And the reason his putting stats aren't as good is because he's been hitting so many greens. You know, it's just you know, the, the way those stats come together mm-hmm. kind of paint a false picture of where he is. And but what really happens, and I think Scotty Scheffler is going to see the same kind of thing now, thing now as the world number one when you get that major or when you get that world number one ranking and you get the attention, you know, Justin Thomas has gone through the same thing. When that attention is on you, it's a different kind of attention. You get more media requests, you know, you're coming into the, the, the press area more often. There's more, there's more attention on your game. And that's something that you have to factor into. And I think, you know, what, what John Rahm has been able to do now is live with that for a little, you know, for a little while. And I think, you know, you're going to see that, that renaissance, that, Rory went through, for example, or Jordan Spieth went through, where you break through in a major, then all of a sudden you can you can have a run where you where you're the you know the the, the person leading on Sunday in one or two of these in a year. Where back with you know now that we're back to where that's great. That's yeah. the Tiger winning through three of them in a season. <laughs> Unreal. Your pick to win, dark horse. What do you got for us? Who you're looking at? Who you're liking this weekend, Matt Rudy? Uh, honestly, I, I picked Brooks Kepka. So, I mean, you already called it yeah. for me. I mean, the, the, the odds are, the odds are so good. And, yep. and he's a, he's a big course, big tournament player. I mean, that's my, I mean, he's a, he's a brand name, but far enough back, I think in the, on the, in the odds that he's not a tier one favorite. It's, I mean, Cameron Smith is an awful great player. I mean, that, that, mm-hmm. that guy, the, the way he puts, yeah. and the, you know, the, the complete game he has, that's, that's another one to, to look at. Nobody's played better than Scotty Scheffler. This series got three wins, but, you got to wonder if the, that's taken a lot of starch out of them. You know, the the grind to be in contention three weeks out of five, and you know all that goes into that. I mean, he's playing great, but you know how much energy does he have left for this week? I'll be curious to watch that too. Well, I've got uh, Brooks Kepka. I've also got Smith. And during our conversation here, I just bet Rory McIlroy <laughs> as he's twenty to one. Uh, start uh, start working on some international call plans because you know damn well we're going to be calling when you when you're over at St Andrews. So. Work on those international call plans. We'll talk to you on Monday, Matt Rudy. I'll text you over the weekend. As always, thank you for doing this. You bet. Yeah. Good to talk to you. Matt Rudy, Golf Digest, uh, as we get into the uh, into the Masters. It's a rite of spring. It really is. And boy, it feels great. It sure does, doesn't it, Matt? Did you, have you seen any of the, the, the photos, uh, the still photography of Tiger You know, on the tee from behind him and just the... The throngs of people lining the hole from the tee to the green. I saw somebody uh, state, I think it was Steve Stans of the of Golf Channel, walking the course. It was like a Saturday uh, for a practice round on a Monday or a Tuesday, because you didn't know if you were going to get a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday right, to watch just him. to think of that and think about and you hear and I am so jealous of the people. Yeah, I won the lottery. I only got yeah, a Tuesday, right? But we're going to go, man. It's never been on my list. It hasn't. No, I've had a chance to go a lot. Man, it is. I think it's at the top of my list. Is and it? And it's right now, so maybe that kind of taints things a little mm-hmm. bit. But it's always right around my birthday. Mm-hmm. 
Wife, if you're listening, it'd be a great <laughs> birthday present. I mean, not this year. Right. No, it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Maybe before. When I turn 50, that'd be a good one. Oh, I got, I got go. eight years to, to go for that one, See, so we'll the, shoot for that. I've always thought, and that would be great, mm-hmm. um, it's just you just miss so much. Right. You know, you see one green or you see one tee. Or a good group think, that you're walking or, with. Or, yeah, but I don't know if you could do that. I mean, at 50, everybody says this is impossible yeah. to walk, right? And, you know, you, you joke, and I remember, you know, going to the golf tournament here, the senior tournament, and yeah. see the guys in their golf shoes, and... You get a little older, you understand you want a little traction right. going to help you out a little bit right. and, and making sure you got shoes be, and especially for this. And that's why most people have thought if Tiger was going to give it a shot, it certainly wasn't going to come here. Because, because it's difficult, yeah, to get around the, the course. The physical nature of this. And, oh, mm-hmm. you're just walking. Well, well, that's what Matt Rudy said last week. Remember when we joined, mm-hmm. he said he could see him at St. Andrews. Right. Because it's flat. It's flat. It's easy. It's right. an easy walk in comparison to what he's going to deal with. And I'm watching uh, right now uh, CBS Sports HQ. And they'd had Tiger up and just watching him chip. And it just, it gets me going. That's all he's doing is chipping. Just, just chipping. Perfect. And then, yeah, I can watch. I watch so much of practice round coverage. Was it Monday? I watched it for an hour and a half. <laughs> I got the golf channel on and I got HQ and I'm just, I can't get enough Tiger. You're not alone. And Because we didn't, we, th- we thought maybe we wouldn't have this opportunity. And I still love this tournament without him. Yeah, but as a sports fan, he's better when he's in it. Yes. He's Tiger Woods. Takes it to a completely different level. All right, David Kaplan will join us next. We will pick his brain, White Sox, Cubs, with Cappy. Uh, He joins us next. He had Bill Self on the radio, his radio show here today. Not too bad. No, he's got a pretty good Rolodex. Uh, Miller and Condon, underway, more than underway. Uh, It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. for podcasting. Global Marketing is a local design and print shop that'll help you from start to finish. From design to printing and mailing it for you. From wedding invitations to birth announcements. And it's time to be thinking about those graduation announcements. No matter how big or small your project is, Global will work with you from creating a custom design to getting your project inserted into the mail. Global can design, print, and deliver. And Global can help your business grow with custom mailers designed to help you bring new customers through your doors. Located on 121st Street in Urbandale or call Craig at 515-282-3000. 282-3000. It's Global Direct Mail and Marketing. Des Moines homeowners have two questions. What's the best time to rent out my home and what's the best way to do it? The best time is when you're moving, relocating, combining households, inheriting a house, or you just don't want to pay a mortgage anymore. The best way to rent? Hire Renters Warehouse. Whether you have one home or a property portfolio, Renters Warehouse does the work so you don't have to. They perfectly price your property so you don't have to. They find great tenants in just 17 days on average so you don't have to. And for a small flat monthly fee, their professional landlords manage your property 24-7 so you don't have to. Collect the rent? You don't have to. Maintenance, inspections, and tax paperwork? You don't have to. There's no upfront fees. No binding contracts, and you can cancel at any time. Find out what your home will rent for by calling 515-528-4429 or go to renterswarehouse.com. That's renterswarehouse.com. Renters Warehouse, Des Moines. You can't buy happiness. Ticks.com.
to Wrigley Field for the opener tomorrow. Pretty cheap ticket to get in. Oh, really? Oh, can't sell them. It's uh, it's all over StubHub, but less than uh, way less than face value. So I don't know if it's weather related. I don't know if it's roster related. It's opening day. Even if you think your team's going to stink, so you're going to get the one game. Well, maybe not. Depends what the weather's like, right? Uh, let's get to our buddy David Kaplan. He joins us, Centurion Stone of Iowa Sponsors. Cap, uh, apparently the uh, Cubs getting price tomorrow kind of crashing for opening day. What's behind that, Cap? Weather. I mean, yeah. I don't even know if we're going to play. It's supposed to rain. I just had Tracy Butler from ABC7 Weather in the studio, and she said, I think you're going to have maybe not downpour all day, but fairly steady rain, so that's why. Is the guy in the pink hat going to be behind home plate? That's all I care about on opening day. I would imagine that James Annixter will indeed be there. That's his name. <laughs> Good Jim Annixter. Jim Annixter. Uh, Cap, before we get into the Cubs and the White Sox, look forward to doing that. I watched your debut on Monday night, 6 o'clock, uh, NBC Sports Chicago, 665 on DirecTV. Uh, Billy Donovan, Tom Izzo, pretty good one-two punch to start off your half hour uh, of guests on your new television endeavor. You're three days into it. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, it's the greatest. I was telling my wife, she's like, well, honey, what was it like being back in the studio? And it was such a rush of adrenaline because, like, radio, you turn on the mic, you do three hours, you hope to be entertaining. TV, I mean, you have to look in the camera not pay attention to the voice that's in my ear, in my earpiece, or the floor director who's waving at me. So the last segment when I did, let's see, yesterday was Tiger. I you did I the White Sox, I think, yeah, yeah, on Monday, yeah. So in my ear, my producer, the great Ryan McGuffey, says, okay, we're 30 seconds heavy. You're going to have to cut this. Well, I can't go back to my desk and rewrite it. <laughs> I've got to just on the fly do it. So in my ear, he's going, all right, 60 seconds, 30, 20. And in front of me, I got Eric Fogel, the floor director. He's waving his arm like, you know, rap, you got 20 seconds. Oh, and by the way, to the left, I could see them setting up for whatever it was, a hockey game or a Bulls game, whatever it was. And I can't let any of you know at home <laughs> that I hear that, see that, or I'm aware of that. And I'm trying to go through the prompter and figure out, where can I cut this so I don't sound like an idiot? And it worked. And I went back and watched it. I'm like, wow, we nailed that. Yeah, you did. I didn't know. It was such a rush. It was so cool to be back doing what we do. So thanks for watching it. I appreciate everyone uh, reaching out. I got a ton of people. Oh, man, so glad we got a show back. So it's cool. Well, there's going to be a lot of summer buzz, certainly, about the White Sox. We anticipate that. The Cubs are going to be different. What is a success for the Cubs this year in 2022? What do you consider a successful year Short of, of course, winning World Series, doing something that nobody expects. What's success in your mind? Uh, I think this a success for them is being a better team than people realize, and I think they will be a better team than people realize. First of all, you are in a division where nobody but the Cubs, and they had to because they got rid of so many guys. Nobody spent any money. I mean, yeah. the Brewers and Cardinals should really be embarrassed. The Reds are not trying. They got rid of 98% of their guys. Mm -hmm. The Pirates literally belong playing in the Class A Midwest League. (laughs) The Cubs had to replace a bunch of guys, and they got Suzuki, and they got Wade Miley and Marcus Stroman. The Cardinals and the Brewers spending literally nothing? That is embarrassing. 
they could easily win the division. I'm not What if the Brewers say, oh, God, we lost Woodruff or Burns to an injury? That division becomes very wide open. Mm-hmm. So I think the Cubs are – I don't think they're a team that's going to blow it up like they did last year where they traded nine guys away and they were just horrific. I don't think they're the 2012-13 Cubs. They're certainly not the 2015-16-17 Cubs. So I do think that if you look at them and they finished 79-83 and 83, or if they're – they're actually not horrible. Maybe they go out and add something, not a rental type, but something for the second half. Why can't they win 81 games and be 500? I, again, they don't have great starting pitching depth. So we'll see how that works out, but I do believe they have a chance to be decent. Yeah, I think uh, if they can flirt with 500, I think that would be a good year. And you're right, Cap. I mean, the Brewers essentially did very little. It feels like it's going to be a, a season-long farewell tour at Bush Stadium uh, with the three um, Hall of Fame. Well, certainly Cardinal Hall of Famers. I don't think Wainwright's getting into the big Hall of Fame, but I think Pujols, Clearly, and Molina are going to. They added Steven Matz, That's, and he's a good player. Don't get me wrong. He was good last year with the Blue Jays. We'll see if he can uh, con- continue it on. Tell me about Nick Madrigal. What are expectations out of Madrigal, Cap? I think he should be a 300 hitter, 300 to 315 range. He should flirt with 200 hits. He should be better defensively than he gets credit for. You know, I find it funny, and I don't root against the White Sox, but I'm always going to be a Cubs guy. But I, I hope the White Sox, if the Cubs don't win it, I want my city to win the World Series. But I find it funny that when they drafted Nick Madrigal, All my friends, my brother, oh, we got this amazing second baseman, a hitter. He can field. He's going to be the face of our team. And Okay. And then they trade him to the Cubs. So glad he's gone. That guy stinks. He hasn't played. He's been hurt. So it's funny to watch how everyone justifies it. If A.J. Pollock does not work out for the White Sox, and he's only played over 110 games one time in his career, if that – deal turns out where A.J. Pollock's hurt again, you look at the Craig Kimbrell trade as a massive fail by the Sox, massive win by the Cubs. Speaking of cross-city trades, Aloy Jimenez getting ready for hopefully a full healthy season in front of him. I mentioned to Ken earlier, took a shot at him at 35-1 to to have the most home runs this year. How's Jimenez looking uh, here through spring training? And of course, Luis Robert, the other exciting outfielder for the White Sox. How about those two youngsters? They look outstanding. And you have a ticket on him to do what? Lead the league at home runs? Yep, 35-1. to Why don't you buy a ticket on him to win the MVP? If this team is as good as we all think yeah. they can be, and Rick adds another starter, which I think he will. Mm-hmm. I think he finished second on Sean Manea. I do think Maybe. he's flirting on Frankie Montas or Luis Castillo. But if they play like they are capable of playing, why can't Aloy Jimenez have 40 bombs, 100 knocked in on a division-winning team? He's in the hunt then for MVP. Yeah, it's too bad Vladdy Guerrero's in the American League because he's going to draw. He's going to ha- uh, knock out fifty and and a buck twenty with my Toronto Blue Jays, Cappy. <laughs> it's their year. Uh, but uh, but that aside, White Sox, and I agree with you. And I, I uh, when Trent told us uh, about that bet, I I saw what he I could see why he did it. All right, so Lance Lynn's out. You mentioned uh, the moves that potentially that uh, Rick Hahn has to make because they are a contender, um, and it, and it's time to dip into that farm and. 
and do what you have to do, right? How big of a blow is Lynn, and do you believe that they will make those changes or a change similar uh, to what you proposed the other night if indeed this team is as good as we think? Uh, I think he's out probably eight to ten weeks because he had the surgery, and that will shut him down four to six. Well, you got to ramp your arm back up. You don't just go, right. okay, the knee feels good, guys. I can go seven. I mean, it's going to take, you know, a month, three weeks to get his arm back where you feel comfortable pitching him six innings. I'm not asking for complete games. So I think he's gone, what is it, we got it, all, you know, all of April, yeah. all of May. Maybe you get him back by Flag Day, June 15th. Maybe. So, yes, I think Rick is active. I think Rick has payroll flexibility. They're still under the luxury tax. Uh, They've spent more than they've ever spent. And their revenues, you know, everyone thinks, well, you just write the check. Mm -hmm. Their revenues do not support a payroll like the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Cubs when they were good, the Yankees. They just don't. So, Jerry Reinsdorf putting his money where his mouth is. I like the addition of Joe Kelly. We'll see if it works out. Uh, he's a he's a bulldog. I like him. So, Cap, last thing on baseball. Trent wants to move to basketball, and particularly the Bulls with you. Uh, who do you think wins the NL Central, and who do you think chases the White Sox in the AL Central? I think it's going to be between the White Sox and the Twins in that division. I know Cleveland just re-signed Jose Ramirez. They just don't have enough yet. Uh, that's a long-term play, not a short-term play. I think in the National League Central, until they prove to me that they don't have enough depth, I'm going to go with the Brewers. I think they're going to win the division. Would I be shocked if, oh my goodness, out of nowhere, here come the Cubs? I wouldn't be shocked if you told me there were injury to the Cardinals or to the Brewers pitching staff or you know some massive injury that affected their everyday lineup. I just don't think the Cubs have enough depth in starting pitching to run them down from day one. But again, you lose Woodruff, you lose Burns, you lose Hader. All of a sudden, you're a different type of team. So, yeah, I'll take the Brewers right now, and I'll take the White Sox to win by, like, four games. Finish up with this. The Bulls, another good team in front of them last night. Another loss, as it's <laughs> kind of been going. DeRozan was excellent, at least uh, the amount that I watched last night, but just not a whole lot of help there. Vucevic, he really struggled in the game. This Bulls team, it just feels like they'll get to the playoffs and one and done. Is there any hope? Uh, there's not a lot of hope, just because they are what they are. And, you know, if you watched, uh, Kenny said he watched it, the Billy Donovan interview with me the other day, he didn't say it. But, Kenny, you can't tell me he didn't kind of say, look, we are what we are. Mm-hmm. We haven't been healthy, and we'll, I'm sure our tourists and I and Mark Eversley will put our heads together, and those guys will be aggressive in the summer. Billy did not sound like a guy ready for a long, deep playoff run. No, he certainly didn't. Who you got on TV tonight, Cap? Uh, Marion Hosta in nice. studio. So looking forward to that. He'll sign a one-day yep. contract to retire as a member of the Blackhawks, and then Pat Foley will join me. Uh, good, uh, Two good gets. Um, Hosta's career ended by that that uh, skin rash, right, that, that so, afflicts some hockey players. I know it used to be called the gunk when I was a kid. Yeah. That's how they referred to it. But that's what took him out of the game, right? That is correct. Now, he was nearing the end of his career yeah, anyway. True. Yep. Uh, he looked good. He was in good shape. He's thin this first time back in the United States in four years. Is that so, right? Uh, it, it was great to talk to him. Good great. stuff. I think you'll 
really enjoy because I'm going to surprise him and play game five when he got the major penalty. Kane scored in 2010 with like 16 seconds left shorthanded to tie the game. And then they go to overtime. Marion said, I was sitting in the locker room. I read this and I was praying. And I'm sure he'll tell the story. We'll play the video where he comes out of the box after they kill off a five-minute major, and he scores the winner. Unbelievable. Is Kane done? Is this his last year in Chicago, you think? Does he move on? Um, I think it is the last year for Jonathan Cave. Oh. I'm not convinced the Blackhawks are ready to part with Kane. I think he would accept a trade, but he will never say that because he is you know, all about this city. But if somebody calls and says, we'll take all the money and we'll give you a really impactful player for picks, they might have to do that. Jonathan Taves going home? Where's where's he going? Um, it, here's my prediction. I have no knowledge of this. He's had concussion issues. Yep. He's building a home in Costa Rica. I would not be shocked. Not saying he will. I would not be shocked if Jonathan Taves, his money gets traded to one of those teams that you know, is below the floor, so they need money on their book. Yeah, yeah. And we'll give you guys back a you know 80th round draft pick, and then Taves skates off to Costa Rica and doesn't play. Costa Rica or Winnipeg? Let me think. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right, Cap. Thank you. Uh, we'll see you tonight. Unfiltered, six o'clock channel, six sixty-five Direct TV. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Thank you, and Cap. Betcast tonight on CSN or NBC Sports Chicago Plus. Bulls Celtics. Good stuff. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll be there. Take care. Good to talk to you. David Kaplan, as we catch up with David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. Cappy, CenturionStoneofIowa.com. Check them out. Go to the showroom if you're in the market for some of that stonework. 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. Thank you, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Circus Sports sponsors. Trends play of the day. It's next. Miller and Condon, 106.3. Pop by the club today. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circus Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circus Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit circusports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1 800 bets off. Back to Miller and Condon on KXNO and Trent's Pick of the Day. Presented by Circus Sports Iowa. All right, real quick before we get to that, Austin Ash made it official. He's in the portal. Fran McCaffrey on radio in Eastern Iowa this morning said that Connor is coming back. It's official. It's official. Well, that's from the head coach. We'll wait for the Dad. press release. Yeah, well, yeah. Dad might have an insight into that. He's, he's got things figured out, think? right? All right, so have you got things figured out coming off a bad beat Tuesday, mm. two and three? Should have been four. And you one. should have been. I agree with you. I but sports betting. Right back at it. We got three NBA games tonight. First of all, I'm taking Luca Garza's Detroit Pistons. Kid Cunningham's playing really well he, here. Lately he is, yes. Getting eight and a half against Dallas. That's in Detroit. Like that one. And I like the way the Pistons team have played down the stretch. Utah on a back-to-back. They got Oklahoma City. I'm getting a slew of points. How about 17 and a half? Give me OKC and wrap it up. 17 and a half. The Suns last night knocked out the Lakers. Yeah. They're going to be resting guys apparently tonight. I'm going to lay the point. That's where it's at right now. Lay the point with the clip show this evening. So the Suns go down to the Clippers who are right now in the eight seed and would play the T-Wolves next week. 
Oh, this play. The NBA is going to be a talker next week. It is. It's going to be a talker yeah. next week. All right. Speaking of talk, a lot more of it still to come. Murph and Andy, local talk anyways, uh, from 1 until 3, then the Fanatics 3 to 6. It's Wednesday. Lysta Cow and Company. Hawk Central will be on the air tonight at 6. We're Miller and Condon. You can hear us Monday through Friday from 10 until noon right here on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO.